Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. That, thank you. Thank you for that, Len. That was, that was a nice touch. <laughs> for those watching at home uh, or listening at home, ladies and gentlemen, on your podcast, um, this show is being streamed, live streamed on video on YouTube.com slash Mission and in the Micho Mission Facebook group. You know how we always tell you to follow us on uh, Facebook and join the group? This is why, because we stream it live every every Tuesday night. Um, so when you're checking it out on Wednesday morning in your podcast feed, you've missed out on all the visual hilarity. <laughs> yes. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're bringing you, I guess you could call this a, a bit of a bonus for Just a little bit for Black Music Month, uh, considering that we're actually recording this on June 30th. We are going to 1975 for Vince's selection for tonight, which stars the creepy man uh, star of Psycho, <laughs> Anthony Perkins, the probably, arguably the number one um African American male sex symbol of the 70s, Billy D. Williams, and <laughs> the lady du jour herself, Diana uh, Ross. Ah. Uh, as they take a trip to Rome with director Barry Gordy's Mahogany. <laughs> yes, sir. Tonight on the Michaud Mission, uh, Aaron Fry yes. is letting us know, Vince, that we have been live for two minutes and 41 seconds. <laughs> Thanks for keeping count, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Oh, hello. I didn't notice you there. <laughs> we'll look for you for the wrap it up sign at the hour mark. <laughs> so one of my best friends, still my, still one of my best friends. We were talking a few minutes ago. Chris, Chris uh, Morant. What's up, Morant? Morant was the dude who drove. Okay. Talking about here's some visual hilarity. And I always said when we would go places, Morant would say, Look, when I leave, I leave. <laughs> and you would always look for him. And he like if you saw him and he was doing this, yeah, yeah, giving that. That meant he call. was hey, look, look, you better get out to that nineteen eighty two um Honda Accord. No, that's true. That's real rap, man. That's real so, rap. So we'll we'll look for Aaron to do do his finger. Tell us to wrap it up. My man, my man Kenny, uh, Kenny Black. What's up, Ken? Um, back in back in the day, his his signal was basically cracking open his last forty and him just loudly pronouncing, "Ah, one more 40. All right, that let you know. <laughs> get, <laughs> get near Kenny. I'm about to engage in some <laughs> drunk driving. <laughs> okay, you I said his last forty. Okay, How many forties okay. did he have? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This reminds me of a story I may have shared here before in the Michelle Mission. This is, is, is once again, we travel back to Len's days of rapping. So, <laughs> so me and my partner, Jay, we were in the studio with our uh, DJ, Scott, and like a whole bunch of boys. And we was in there just like 
just like messing around with samples, speaking about samples. We were like going through samples right. and stuff like that and freestyling a little bit and, and doing whatever. And we were all drinking. Yes, we all, yes, we all had like a, like a, a different forty, right? right so right, right. and we was we was crushing it, and then at, and um, my man, I think it may have been my friend Calvin. I can't remember, but somebody had a video camera, so like the whole time, and at the end, uh, Jay like put his his forty but his empty forty bottle in front of the camera, like down on the ground in front of the camera. He's like, "Yo, OE, boom." And then everybody just started like Saint Eyes, boom, Colt Forty Five, boom, Miller Highlight, boom. I dropped my down, White Mountain Cooler, boom. What? <laughs> you know what though? You know what? I ain't even mad at you because you know what I was gonna say when you stopped talking. There was never one moment when forties weren't terrible. <laughs> There was never one moment that 40s weren't terrible. Like, this tastes terrible. It's true. But it's 40 ounces of potent, cheap alcohol. Dude, see, you didn't play ball. When you play basketball, for some reason, you run about two, three full courts in a row. Nothing goes down like a nice, tall, ice-cold 40. I'm telling you. Better than water, it's better than Gatorade. I'm not saying it's better for you, but nothing. Well, <laughs> well obviously, it's not better for you. <laughs> nothing tastes better than a nice 40 after running about three full 40s. Quarters. Were always terrible, they were not for one moment did I enjoy them, they were just cheap, and everyone was drinking them. And you were pouring one out for the homies who aren't here, but all the homies are actually here, they're all here. <laughs> <laughs> they're all here and they're like yo yo hold slow, slow up homie I'm right here <laughs> right. <laughs> they put the cup under it like yo I got that dog like, what are you talking about <laughs> like are you on the Blackstones in Cabrini Green when we're not together oh uh, uh, see what you miss you missed the tangents ladies and gentlemen yes 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 <laughs> okay so before we get into our review of mahogany we like to touch on all of the feedback that people have been giving us and all of the um, the emails and 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 just the stories that people have been touching on and dropping into our facebook group um one was an interesting little video clip that is in the facebook group and i'll actually try to uh, embed the audio here um it's a piece of classic footage of a couple of, of brothers just reacting very sincerely very spontaneously <laughs> to video footage of Whitney Houston singing the uh, national anthem uh, she did classically I believe it was I believe it was at uh, an all-star game an NBA all-star game like back in the uh, in the 90s hey we're gonna see her tonight. Yeah. Who's she with you not? That's my y'all y'all know you know where she's from? Orange. Jersey. Orange. It's my home girl, man. Sing it, baby. Sing it. Sing it, baby. That's a nice voice. Hey. She got some pipes, ain't she? 
I can't believe I'm in the public town. This is disgusting. Carl Lewis in the military. Carl? <laughs> Look like Carl Lewis. Y'all realize this is going to be a good time. She's doing an excellent job. I realize. I realize. This is a very touching moment. I realize. Think about it. It is. She's blowing the hell out of this. She just reached right down there and got it. She's singing her ass up. I didn't book shit. And she enjoying herself watching. She's like, I'm down, man. This might be another sentimental inspirational moment. You see what I'm saying? Moment on the distance. Live on the distance. Marvel. Hey, check this out, Marvel. Check this out. That's what we need. Come on. This is for the boys over here, man. This is something. Look, we got to give them one. What's he going for? Damn. This is really starting to touch me right now. She's going for it, isn't she? She's sweating, too. This is exciting, man. Get it. Hey! God! Get it! Get it! Yo, baby, give me some. Give me some, baby. Oh yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I think Marco Lee posted it. Okay, and it's it's just, it's just black joy. Yeah, like it's just three dudes reacting in real time to Whitney Houston doing it, and it's beautiful. It is. Like, it's actually man. beautiful. It is. It is. And I remember watching that moment live, and everybody like there are in my in my memory right now. There are two distinct national anthem uh, performances that were mesmerizing unlike any other. George Camona actually just corrected me. It was at the Super Bowl. Thanks, George. Uh, good, good look, bro. And that was Whitney Houston's performance of the national anthem at, at that Super Bowl. And Marvin Gaye did a... a uh, rendition of the national anthem that should be rated R. Can you see I, I was I was just about to say Marvin Gaye my mother listening to Marvin Gaye has always made me uncomfortable <laughs> like I don't like nothing about the energy in this room while you're listening to this exactly exactly man it's just beasts like that it's just beasts like that yeah was there any I, I, see the, the thing with you Vince is that you don't follow sports so you probably nope. haven't seen a whole lot of like national anthem performances or anything like that or any not that in real time play. yeah yeah not in real time like I, I catch it afterwards i think i may have watched the marvin Gaye in real time because okay. wasn't that at at some type of championship game like wasn't it at the sports ball of palooza 
And now, the Western Sports Ball team will go into battle. It always kills me how sports people talk about sports like it's the military. Well, that's These true, warriors that's true. will go into combat to throw the ball back and forth before our eyes. That's true, man. That's true. George Carlin has a whole comedy bit about that, man. And to sum this up, the object of the game is quite different. The object of the game in football is for the quarterback, otherwise known as the field general, to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. (laughs) With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault with a sustained ground attack which punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home. I'm going home. I'm going home. So you can check like it out. Like any given Sunday? Like when's the last time you watched any given Sunday? Oh, is that the Jamie Foxx, Al Pacino, LL Cool J movie? You would think any given Sunday was about Kuwait. I know. I know, right? <laughs> right? Like down to the way that it's filmed. Because like right, it's filmed. Right. You, you, you swear you're watching Saving Private Ryan. Right, he's looking for some dudes like running across the battlefield, picking up his arm and, and running, like, and running the touchdown. Like, like this is a very serious football game right now, right? Right, for real. I think they're going to kill Al Pacino if they lose. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in ever, man. It's not bad. No, I remember enjoying it's it. It's not bad. I remember- Arguably a black movie. I think I feel like we've talked about this. Like one of the missionaries brought it up. Like I, I, I you know, I think you could maybe make an argument. It's a black film because race is all intertwined. It's in all there. in there. It's all yeah. in there. I, I think you could. I think. I think it's a, a slam dunk black film. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. It's also that's uh, the movie where LL Cool J and Jamie Foxx had the falling out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You can actually see it in the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. See now I gotta go see it. Vince. Now you gotta go watch any given any given Sunday. Gotta go yeah. watch that. Uh, speaking of go watching things, Vince, have you seen there is a trailer for uh, Respect, the Aretha yeah. Franklin biop- biopic, uh, yeah. starring one Jennifer Hudson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's it's appropriately enough because we were just talking about her a few weeks ago. Even in the trailer. You can tell, obviously, well, not obviously, because it's Aretha freaking Franklin, but she has the voice. Yeah. But what I was really interested in and excited about was the minute or so where she was acting. Yes. Yeah. And she kind of had Aretha's mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, this is about to be something right here. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it it looks kind of interesting. I mean, you know, I'm a huge Jennifer Hudson fan. You're right. When she has the voice, she will she will uh, stir your soul just like Aretha Franklin will, very easily. Um, but she definitely does have the the acting chops. Interesting enough, though, this film, which is not set to debut until December, and hopefully, right. By the time, hopefully, hopefully by the time that it comes out, you know, movie theaters will still be around, let alone be open. Um, but interestingly, one month before 
there's going to be an Aretha Franklin miniseries on the Nat Geo channel starring yeah. Cynthia Arrivo. I was about to say, your girl. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're, well, they're both my girls, dog. Right, right, they're right. They both in the five. They both in the five. They both in the five. Both in the five. Both in the five, dog. They both in the five. Um, so yeah, starring Cynthia Rivo as uh, Aretha Franklin, and yeah. it looks like it's um, that looks kind of interesting as as well. The, the clip that I saw is not so much, you don't see a whole lot of her acting. It's more Cynthia just talking about, you know, her respect for Aretha and, and excitement about doing the role. Um, sure. Sure. But, uh, Hey, if anybody is worth a mini series and a movie, say, it's yeah. Aretha Franklin and that caliber of actress in both versions. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. So in in my mind, this is a win win for the audience. Mm-hmm. And let's people and let people who maybe are not familiar with Cynthia Revo because she certainly is not the the name that Jennifer Hudson is. Jennifer Hudson is indeed a, an Academy Award winning actress. Cynthia Cynthia Arrivo has won every other award except the was, Academy Award. I was about to say because we thought she might be an EGOT. Right, she was after she, the last, you know, for Harriet. Yeah, right, right. She has won a Tony Award. She's won uh, Emmy, a Grammy, Grammy. Um, yeah. So the only thing she doesn't have is right. Academy right. Award. So um, Cynthia Revo is really the the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So. And it's crazy that between her, you know, when she when when she gets it, mm-hmm. she John Legend, Whoopi Goldberg. Like we're living in a moment, we'll be living in a moment with three black egots. Right, right. Like that's crazy. Right. When for 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 most of our lives, we for most of our lives we only had one African American Academy Award winner or two because Sidney right, Poitier right, right. won it and, and Hattie McDaniel. Um, right. So yeah, that 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 is actually insane. Her project is genius. Aretha that will premiere mm-hmm. on Nat Geo in November, ladies and gentlemen. Check your that's going to be on television. So check your local listings for that miniseries uh, when it debuts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of real life people getting um, getting their 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 propers, Colin Kaepernick Vince is okay. actually is actually going to have a, is in talks to have anyway, a bio biopic of his life made for Netflix by Ava DuVernay. Oh, I love, I love everything about that. Yes. Now, love are you familiar, Vince, with Colin Kaepernick? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm familiar with, with he took a knee and yes. Okay. Again, I like everything about sports, Except the actual playing sports. of the game, right? Except the game, right. <laughs> right? Like I, so I know everything about Colin Kaepernick that doesn't have to do with him actually throwing a ball, right? Right. So uh, Avery Duvernay is going to be doing a um, is in talks to do a biopic of Colin Kaepernick, a former NFL player who famously four years ago took a knee during the national anthem in protest against uh, police brutality. And um, even though he had some team teammates and other 
uh, NFL players kind of like follow his lead. He was um, not long after uh, he was let out of his contract with the San Francisco 49ers. I believe he, he allowed allowed it to lapse, um, looking for a big deal, and pretty much was blacklisted um, yeah. by the oh, NFL yeah. over the last four years. Um, I actually don't even understand, like, just following it legally. It seemed to me like the owners admitted that they colluded to oh, yeah. keep him out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like... Like, I don't even understand collusion. how it's not criminal. Yeah. Right, exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure they'll they'll get into that. Um, and and right. one of the things that has come about in recent days with the stirring of, um, in the wake of social justice um, reforms in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, uh, one of the things that, one of the byproducts, a distant byproduct to be to be certain, but one of the byproducts of all of that stirring was the NFL, by way of the commissioner, admitting on video that they did Colin Kaepernick wrong. Right, um, right. Murder of George Floyd and a number of other people, including, of course, Breonna Taylor. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I think that may be pretty much... Most of the the stories, uh, Vince, that we had had to cover. Um, okay. There's always there's always tons of stories out there, ladies and gentlemen, for us to cover. But we try not to be like a hardcore news type of thing. We just like to talk of stuff sure. that's, that's sure that interests us. Um, are you? Wa- I, 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 Go ahead, Vince. What do you no, want to say? I, I, I'll, I'll say. Did you watch the second? I don't even know if it's really a trailer because it was like the the shadow figures. I think it was based on I think Carol Walker's art. Oh, of Candyman? Did you watch the second Candyman trailer? No, no, I saw that that had been released, and I didn't watch it. Man, I am so... Like, I was already excited, Mm -hmm. but I think you get a lot more of the style. Okay, the feel for the film. Yeah, and you know you and I are Neil Woods fans. Right, the the director. I think the film is in good hands. Yeah. I think the film is in good hands. I, I believe it. I I, I, yeah. I knew the trailer came out, and honestly, I've already made up my mind that I'm going to go see it. So I'm right. just like, you know what? I don't even need, I don't even need to go and like check out this trailer. You already got my money. Right. Whenever, wherever it's going to be, right. wherever if, if it's going to be in the movie theaters, I'm there. It's going to be streaming. I'm there. I'm going to be there. It's it's a wrap. Well, this second thing that came out. And I, like I think that, like Coleman Domingo is in the clip, and it's got this amazingly stylized cutout figures. Mm-hmm. You know these shadow cutouts. Like I said, I'm pretty sure either the artist Kara Walker contributed to, to it, or it's based on her art. But it it looks good. Yeah. Now here's it the thing, Vince. Really, really good. You do not like horror movies. I do not like horror movies. I do not. So, like what do you want to do with Candyman? I think Candyman trumps it. I. Th- it, it's so funny you are saying this, Lynn. I was just having a, a, a discussion with the wife where I told her I, I'm making a husband decision. Uh oh. <laughs> where she must watch Get Out and Us. She hasn't seen them. She hasn't seen because she also doesn't do scary. She like her threshold is even lower than mine. <laughs> wow, exactly. But I said that Get Out and Us are so culturally significant. Yeah, 
that I think you have to watch them. You do. So we're going to like, you know, we're going to watch it like in the middle of the day. But <laughs> but I think the same thing. You know, watch Get Out for Breakfast. Right, right. Get Out for Breakfast. Exactly. Exactly. She'll actually be having some tea and I'm going to click the side of her car. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. You can kind of get I think with Get Out, you can get away with that on the psychological thriller vibe like you, you like sell it as a psychological thriller because there's there's not there's no gore in right in right. uh get out it's all about the feel it's all about you know right. the, the creepiness of it right us which <laughs> is just as creepy but us yeah us us is pretty messed up. <laughs> us is pretty effed up. Us dog. is pretty messed up, actually. She might go running from the room, dog. Right. You might have and to you know, give her a proper setup, dog. And you know what I say about Get Out? Like, Get Out actually isn't scary after like ten minutes because I'm like, oh well, I never would have done any of this. <laughs> and then you just sit back and watch, right? But us, <laughs> it's like, Ooh. yeah, dog. Like yeah. I understand the decisions that people made in this movie. Yeah, and, and and us don't let go, man. It it us don't let go. It it us don't let go. It grabs a tight hold of your colon and do not let go until after the credits. You know the bad thing about us, and and I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it. I'll just say I figured it out almost immediately. Oh really? And it didn't make it any less <laughs> unsettling. Yeah, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if she's ready for us, dog. I don't know look, if she's ready for us. Look, look, we're going to do it, and I don't know if I can get her to Candyman in the theater. You got to get her to uh, Candyman. Yo, you got to get her to Candyman in the theater. Vince, you get her through Get Out and Us. And, and I, she'll be ready for Candyman? She'll be ready for Candyman. <laughs> Okay. She'll be ready for Candyman. She'll be ready for Candyman. Let me know when you go for Candyman. I'll be right there. I'll be right there with y'all. We'll go together and it'll be Candyman. You'll sit next to her eating um, pretzel bites with cheese and I'll say, that's the real horror right here. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God. Oh, I can't wait to be in the room when it happens. Speaking of in the room when it happens. Oh, I see what you did there. Look, I know Vince doesn't <laughs> like us to like really promote a lot of stuff because we ain't getting paid to promote stuff. That's right. But look, dog. I, come on, man. Look, dog. July 3rd, dog. You know everybody in this house. This Friday, is dog. Beyond amped. Prop yes. up in front of your Disney Plus, dog, and watch yes. Hamilton, the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On Disney Plus. It drops th- on July 3rd. Yo, I yeah. cannot wait. See, you've yeah. seen it. You've right. seen it like eight trillion times, you know, Mr. Money. Not with, the, not with the original cast. Oh, I thought you saw it at least once no, with the original cast. No, 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 no. No, 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 not at all. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, not at all. All right. Yeah, because this yeah. is the original cast. And, and, and yeah. let you know, ladies and gentlemen, it basically is they filmed a performance, a stage performance of Hamilton with the original cast and then have edited it into a film that it's going to drop 
on Disney Plus on Friday, July 3rd. Right. But yeah, that is enough free publicity. Okay. For people not paying. Yes. But yes. Yes. I see what you did there. All right. All right. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I see all of you in the Facebook group. Uh, shout out to Deborah Battle, Maurice Popular, hey, Robert Monroe, oh, Robert, uh, everybody that is out there. Bree Bree five seventeen. Hey Bree Bree five seventeen. Everybody in the Facebook group and on YouTube checking us out. Uh, Robert Monroe says in regards to uh, us, I have to give us a second chance. I checked out when the girl. Went out into the dark and into that building. That's something. That's not something black children do. Oh, au contraire, Robert. I was about, I was about to say, Robert. I don't know how many black children are in your house, but that's damn sure something my son would do. Yes, yes, and that's something my daughter. My daughter has done on multiple occasions. Like, right. Oh, right. look, darkness. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm just. Like, we've been to the emergency room once during the pandemic. I'm trying to stay out of there. Mm-hmm. So. Real talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to bring you our bonus Black yes. Music Encore. Month episode. It's time for our review of Mohogany. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Diana Ross stars with Billy D. Williams and Anthony Perkins in this rags-to-riches story of a model torn between love and success in the fashion world. Making clothes for rich people to look at in the magazine? You think any of this crap means anything to these people around here? It means something to me. Do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things that life is showing you? I'm taking maximum pleasure in introducing to you the charming Mahogany. I'm going to be a designer. And so you shall be, my darling. But let's not try to run until we've learned how to stroll down a walkway. 20 million lire! 20 million lire! Twice sold to You found a success, Brian. I'm a success. Success is nothing without someone you love to share it with. Fame will bring her heartbreak and tragedy but won't stop the pursuit of her dream. Diana Ross is Mahogany. Mahogany, a 1975 American romantic drama directed by Barry Gordy and produced by Motown Productions. Yes, the sir. Motown found, founder Barry Gordy took over the film direction after British filmmaker Tony Richardson was dismissed. Mahogany yep. stars Diana Ross as Tracy Chambers, a struggling fashion design student who rises to become a popular fashion designer in Rome. Fresh from the success of Lady Sings the Blues, this film served as Diana's follow-up feature film in 1975 and stars 70s heartthrob Billy D. Williams as well as the always eerie... Anthony Perkins, also featuring um, Bo Richards, um, a Michelle Mission favorite. 
This film was Vince's selection as a bonus feature for Black Music Month. Vince, what say you of 1975's Mahogany? What do I say about 1975's Mahogany? It's, it's, well, well, I'll start with something that you know because you just quoted that New Yorker article about Barry Gordy taking over. If you read about this movie, people come at it mm-hmm. from a lot of different angles because this is a bananas movie. Mm-hmm. This is a bananas movie. I, 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 like my way into this, I was joking before we started talking is by coming at it through Motown. So this is the third Motown film that we've made that we've talked about. The second Motown film that was made after Lady Sings the Blues. And everybody knows the Motown story. Uh, Barry Gordy, late 50s, early 60s, is a, a, a working musician, dare I say maybe a struggling musician, in Detroit, he's working at the auto factories. He gets the 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 brain, you, you know, the brainstorm, the vision that you can put music together like the car factories put together cars, like an assembly and line, you, like an assembly line. And Barry Gordy assembles a team, right? So you get these wonderful songwriters, you know, Holland Dozier, Holland, Ashford, and Simpson. Um, Smokey Robinson's doing some writing. <clears throat> you get this amazing house band that we come to know as the Funk Brothers. You get uh, maybe my my personal favorite right. secret weapon of um, Motown, Maxine Powell. And if you never heard Maxine Powell's name, Maxine Powell is the woman who ran the finishing school at Motown. So, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these, you know, kind of rough, rough hewn and this, that and the other. She's the one that taught them how to walk, taught them how to dress, taught them how to give interviews. And anytime you see any of these old Motown people like, you know, Otis or or Diana Ross, appropriately enough, and the way they carry themselves very regally, that's right. all Maxine Powell. Mm-hmm. And it it worked. And for over a decade, Motown could not miss. They were the sound of young America. And and to kind of reference our Dream Girls conversation, this was the vision of Barry Gordy. Like right. Barry Gordy had this vision and he executed this vision. By 75, things had started to unravel a bit. Things had started, you know, as you just said, the chain started to come off the bike a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 75, I always like to start with the Spinners and Gladys Knight are no longer on Motown. Right. They're kind of a, you, you know, they're really a footnote when you talk about Motown history. But I think it's important to note that they were on Motown and then found success in other places. 1975, the Jackson right. Five has have left. Right. Jermaine stays because he's married to Barry Gordy's daughter, but the Jackson Five has left. Yep. Marvin Gaye is on Motown. Uh, by 75, what's going on and let's get it on have come out. But I think what's significant about those two albums was that Marvin Gaye had bucked. 
Mm-hmm. So Barry Gordy and everyone at Motown wanted Marvin Gaye to do things a certain way. Again, part of this assembly line. And Marvin Gaye said, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm going to do things my way. And more importantly, he did things his way. And you get these classic albums. Likewise, Stevie Wonder is on Motown. But by 1975, we are halfway through arguably the greatest run of albums ever made. That's right. Which started in 1970 when he let his contract lapse and would not re-sign until he had full autonomy. Mm -hmm. So Stevie Wonder, again, I'm going to do things my way and it's successful. Temptations are still around. We are right in the middle of the kind of psychedelic shack period. But this is really Norman Whitfield, you know, the great producer Norman Whitfield. And they are basically his tools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always kind of funny, ha ha funny, but not really ha ha funny, that Norman Whitfield never for one moment thought that anyone involved in the temptation success was more important than Norman Whitfield. <laughs> And I always point to, I think it's a masterpiece where the picture of Norman Whitfield is bigger than the picture of the Temptations. Gotcha. So 1975, there really is this sense that A, Motown, and specifically Barry Gordy, has kind of lost his touch. B, that these outside forces are trying to poach everything that he has built. And in the midst of this, you have Diana Ross. 1975, Diana Ross has been solo for five years now. She's had some okay success. Like she's had a number of, a few number one singles, but as someone who frankly, I think is the complete avatar of Mm. Barry Gordy's vision. I don't think anyone would argue that she is as successful as a solo star as Barry Gordy would have hoped. Right. Not for nothing, when the Supremes are signed, Diana Ross is 17 years old. In 1975, she's 29. So she's a woman. This is not somebody who's 16, because I think they were 16 when the primates who became the Supremes met Barry Gordy. He said they were too young. Then they get signed the next year. So when you're 16, 17, you meet Barry Gordy. He's the great and powerful Oz. Right. At the beginning of The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. By the time she's 29, he's more like Oz at the end of The Wizard of Oz. Exactly. So I think this context is all super important when we talk about a film that the storyline is about this black woman who has this skill and this talent who is wooed away to material success, to larger success, to, and and I think the racial undercurrent is barely undercurrent, to white success. But what she really needs is to stay home Mm -hmm. with black people. So that's where you start. And and I think just as this kind of cultural moment I really, really am endlessly fascinated by Mahogany. Now then, Mahogany is a film, you know, I think it's all right. 
I think Mahogany is all right. I, th- I think, obviously, Barry Gordy is not a director. But no. One thing I will, uh, no, he's not. But one thing I will say about Barry Gordy, Barry Gordy loves Diana Ross. Yes. Barry Gordy loves Diana Ross. And the one thing that I think Barry Gordy gets across, and I'll circle back to Diana Ross in a moment. You get Diana Ross. Like if you like if you had if the aliens came to Earth and you wanted to say, okay, Diana Ross is in the Supremes. All right. She was the best singer. No, she wasn't the best singer. Oh, she was the prettiest one. No, she wasn't the prettiest one. Then why was she the one in, who was the lead? If you show them mahogany and Diana Ross through Barry Gordy's eyes, mm-hmm. I think you get it. Like you said, Anthony Perkins, Anthony Perkins, best known for his work in Psycho, and I think it is fair to say that he was typecast a bit after Psycho, and, yes. and never really his career never really did much more besides Psycho, and you get it. Because Anthony Perkins is an unsettling personality. Oh, yes, he is. And he plays this role, but again, representing this kind of deviant and decadent world mm-hmm. that's trying to draw Tracy, which is, is uh, Mahogany's name, away from the down-to-earth home of Brian Chicago. Right. Billy D. Williams, look, Billy D. Williams has never been anything but Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is the prettiest thing on the screen. Billy D. Williams wear them turtlenecks. <laughs> Billy D. Williams talks like this. Like, you know, he's Billy D. Williams. It's 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 like this really this this really kind of funny to me moment where he goes to Rome and he's at, at this decadent party. Right. And and there's you know there's some pretty you know troubling um queer representation I will say mm. that doesn't necessarily age that well but he's in the party and he's uncomfortable with how fluid everything is but the irony is Billy D Williams is the prettiest thing on the screen that's very true Billy D Williams and Diana Ross I was listening to um Lady Sings the Blues, and I'll say the same thing about Lady Sing about this in their relationship as Lady Sings the Blues. I like the two of them together. I think Billy D. Williams is actually enamored with Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. He likes being around her. He likes, you know, just being like you always get the sense with Billy D. Williams, he can't believe that he gets to be here with Diana Ross. Mm. And the best moments in the movie, in my mind, there are these quick moments when it's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like I could watch 20 minutes of them playing air hockey. Mm-hmm. The two of them at lunch where she's kind of mumbling and bumbling her way through Italian and he's kind of chuckling at her. Right. Right. We'll talk about the end. But that whole I got six kids with the flu bit that they do twice yeah yeah is actually charming to me and then there's diana ross that this whole thing hangs on and again i don't think diana ross is the greatest anything but one thing i will give diana ross i like diana ross's commitment and i think 
one thing I had forgotten is how long the film goes on mm. before she transforms into mahogany. Mm-hmm. So that you have 40 minutes of Diana Ross basically in Chicago as this struggling seamstress, designer, uh, you know, by the end of it, girlfriend. And, and, and like she sells it. Like this is somebody who is, is a before. So that when you have the moment where they start putting the eyelashes on and they put the wig on and then she becomes mahogany. Everything that I said about the transformation that wasn't there in Dreamgirls, I see it in this. So that she then becomes mahogany, who's basically Diana Ross. Right, exactly. And and, and then she's Diana Ross. So that at the end, this film works for me in these kind of disparate pieces. It's almost like a quilt. Like, like, like you're about to, like, you know, I, I can feel you like somebody's going, oh, well, this isn't a good movie. And I'm like, well, you know, you know, I think it's all right. But no, I would like, like you look at the, you look at what won the Academy Award in 1976, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, won the Academy Award. And it's like, you look at everything else and it's like, well, no, it shouldn't have been like up for the Academy Award, but you know, it's all right. And then when in, in. In the mist of time, within the context of history, you know, I like, yeah, I like mahogany. Well, that's great, Vince. Um, let me tell you where you're wrong. Billy D. Williams and Diana Ross do not have any chemistry. In you're this insane. Movie. You're insane. No, I'm not. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. Not to re... Not, not to, <laughs> we're not going to rejudge something. They have less chemistry than Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner? No, I'm not going to say that. You just said they had chemistry last week. Who? Whitney Houston and, and Kevin Costner? Yes. 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 Okay. I don't buy. First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all. All right, I let me backtrack a little bit, okay? Let me start. Let me start with. I'm just judging the movie now. I like that you put this into the, his historical context. All right, uh, where Motown and Barry Gordy is in this at this time in 1975, and I think all of that is very relevant, right? And Barry Gordy, I think what's also very relevant at this time, and I think you maybe alluded to, is that Barry Gordy and Diana Ross are about four years removed from their uh, relationship that they had with one another that um, presented them both with a daughter who would not learn until she was 13 that Barry Gordy was actually her father. Um, right, Diana Ross's uh, husband at the time actually raised him as raised her as his own. Um, even though he was aware that Barry Gordy was the father, um, so they are in the so they are just coming out of their relationship. And I think that when you say this is like this his love letter to uh, to Diana Ross, almost it's almost like he's throwing a Hail Mary to Diana, like you mm-hmm. know, baby, 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 please, baby, baby, please, baby, baby, please. You know what I mean? However. Barry Gordy and Motown, as much, you know, uh, uh, 
as, as much you know respect as the name has in 1975 the name does not bring with it much real power or even more importantly much real finance financial power mm. behind it so therefore while there's this big you know passion play and vanity project that he's he's putting together for his number one um ticket diana ross he can only put but so much dough behind it he has these uh rec- you know uh creative differences with the british director tony richardson fires him says shoot mm-hmm. i could do it myself and lo and behold we get the mess of the movie that we get because while this movie is there have certainly been worse movies made Okay, there certainly have been. This movie wastes a lot of opportunity. It it wastes what is at the end of it. it, it, You know, when it all comes down to it, a soap opera story. I mean, this is a soap Mm -hmm. opera, you know? Yeah. You know, this is a rags to riches girl in Chicago who lucks up and becomes this huge star in in Rome. Right. Um, it's almost it almost is like a Cinderella story. Right. So it's, it's a soap opera, as it as it were, which by nature calls for you to uh, uh, a director and a production that brings all the sweep and soaring romance of this to life in front of the camera, especially when you're going to take them from Chicago and you're going to plop the most of the movie in, um, in Rome. Rome. You want to set it and you want to say, and you, and and this is not, this is 1975, ladies and gentlemen, this is not Rome (laughs) on a green screen. They are in Rome. They are literally walking along, you know, a, 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 in and out of the ruins of Rome at this time. So if you're going to do that, then it begs for, you know, you better have a director that can really bring it, that can really um, uh, uh, give this movie the panache that it deserves. The one thing I will give you about Diana Ross, you said it, you hit it right on the head. Diana Ross is, Diana Ross is not the best at anything, by Diana Ross is committed and will give you everything she's got at everything. I don't think she's the greatest actress in this movie at all. But there are moments in this movie where she is really just delightful to watch on the screen. There are moments in this movie where she does physical comedy that is mm-hmm. like really, really on point. She throws her whole body into a scene does she have the um the 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 chops acting wise to maybe get over a lot of her lines and some of the most the more serious moments no she doesn't um and that's just a and and, you know that's what you get when you're casting a a singer uh for a strong romantic and dramatic role so you're going to get that but Diana Ross is going forward as best as best as she can. So I ride with her on that. The other the, the bad thing about it is is that while technically at 29 she's not too old for this role, Diana Ross presents 
older than 29. And thus, Mm -hmm. to me, it was a little distracting trying to take her seriously as this young ingenue in the beginning of the film. Um, And it's maybe a little bit more believable when she becomes mahogany, um, this, you know, the the grand duchess of the fashion world uh, in Rome. That's a little bit more believable because, like you said, that is Diana Ross. But even then, I think she presents a little older than I think the role really uh, is meant to be. But I could be wrong. Oh, that's interesting. Because I, I thought, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I could be wrong. Uh, and I'm and I'm not and I'm not even going to. I don't. I bring that up just because it is a point of view that I have. But um, as distracted as that I. As I was by that, I wasn't distracted enough that I couldn't, you know, appreciate what she was trying to do on this on the screen. Right. That being said, a lot of her film, a lot of this this movie, she is um, acting up against Anthony Perkins and Billy D. Mm-hmm. Williams. Anthony Perkins is a creepy dude. He's a yeah. weird uh off-putting <laughs> type of just presence as as a man, never mind as an actor. But the one thing you can say about him is the man can act. The man can, he knows what his role is supposed to be and he's going to bring it he's going to bring it on the screen. So I think that in the scenes where Diana Ross is acting against him she actually finds a way or finds some t- type of lane despite her naivete acting wise to um raise the level of those scenes that they really kind of shine in the movie right as opposed to her scenes with Billy D Williams who we've both said one of the prettiest men walking on the face of the earth in the 1970s but I mean, there's a reason why he's most famous for acting in commercials. He's not yeah, yeah. that uh, that strong of an actor. You 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 want it. the look is there, but the presence is not there. And because it's not there, I just don't I don't feel it from them from the two of them. I don't. I feel that Billy D Williams is there are times when I feel like Billy D. Williams is acting in a totally different movie, to be totally honest with you. Um, uh, and it, it, it just does not play. There's moments where you, you get the sense that they're kind of like more, um, you know, doing off the cuff and um, ad libbing some lines. And even then it doesn't work. There are moments when they're supposed to be kind of romantic with one another. And even then it doesn't work. There are moments when it's supposed to be dramatic with one another. And even then it doesn't work. I just don't buy their relationship at all. And I'm, and, and that's before I get into the politics of the 1970s Mm. politics of their relationship, which we'll go on in a little bit. Right. Right. But I, I just, I just don't buy them. And I think that is a detriment to the film because I do think that Diana Ross is putting her all into this movie and Billy D is maybe he's putting his all, but his all ain't much. Um, there's a reason why there, there's a scene with him and Anthony Perkins. Yeah. You cannot take your eyes off of Anthony Perkins in that scene. 
And it's a scene yeah. where they're both supposed to have kind of like equal equal weight in uh, in the scene, right? Um, they're they're battling for a gun. I mean, that makes physically no type of sense. Um, there's no <laughs> there's no there's no reason why Billy D. Williams is it has Anthony Perkins That's- tumbled over a desk holding a gun, and and. and Next thing you know, he's laying on his back with Anthony Perkins on top of him. Like makes physically absolutely no sense. I had I didn't remember it being taking that long. I was like, why is it why is this taking so long? This is the yes. And and they were just going for the gun. They were just holding the gun. They weren't even like throwing punches. They're just holding the gun, the gun barrel. It made absolutely no sense. But you can't take your eyes off of Anthony Perkins in that scene. You can't. And Billy D. Billy D. Williams is lost in that scene. And that's Look, a detriment to this film, dog. No one is saying... Like, I would never say he's as good of an actor as Anthony Perkins. This... what Look... But this he's is but he's he is the leading man in this no, film. Yes. He is the leading man. Well, not to split hairs. Is he the leading man or is he the love interest? Because this is Mahogany's film. Right. It's Diana Ross. Like, like yes. right, like, like he's the love interest. And again, Billy D. Williams is a pretty pony. He's a pretty pony. And I do, and, and you know, just to use your same argument, I don't think Billy D. Williams is a good enough actor to get across, and again, and I see this in both films, this genuine sort of, uh, again, he's enamored with her. Like mm-hmm. there are moments where he's looking at her and to your point about it's almost like he's in another film. I almost feel like sometimes he's forgetting that the movie is going on. <laughs> like Diana Ross is being Diana Ross. And and, and again, I, I think I... I I admired the early part more than I think I ever have. Like I forgot how much of time of the time of this film was spent before she went to Rome Mm -hmm. and she's running, you know, she's doing the thing with the six kids and the flu, you know, they come in the apartment and she's got the sticker over her eyes and you look over on the side. In fact, that's the scene I'm thinking about where they go back to her apartment and she runs in and she's Diana Ross and she's just vibrant and jumping and you look over and he's almost out of the frame. Yes. Yes. Billy D. Williams is standing by the door just looking at Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. And this is something, again, I've saw throughout Lady Sings the Blues where, and, and you brought it up, just where they are in their careers, where he's still relatively early in his career. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I cannot believe I'm standing in here with Diana Ross. And Diana Ross just loves the attention of a beautiful man. So yeah, it look, it works for me. That part of it works for me. Uh, now, to the politics of it, I think you calling it a Hail Mary by Barry Gordy is a good way to put it because there, it, it really, it, let me just say this again, just to the history. I think the other thing about Billy D. Williams that fascinates me with his work in Motown, mm-hmm. I feel like Billy D. Williams is Barry Gordy's avatar. 
He wishes. And Barry, well, well, the funny thing is it culminates in the Jacksons miniseries. Right, right. Where Billy D. Williams plays Barry Gordy. That's true, that's true. Yeah. But that's where Barry Gordy always is. Mm-hmm. Where he's channeling himself through Billy D. Williams. So this whole bit interesting, interesting. about, you know, the most famous line in the movie. Success means nothing if you have no one to share it with. Mm-hmm. And she goes through the film... And what's fascinating is that Anthony Perkins' character is it represents this decadence yes. and this deviance. And and again, it's it it doesn't age well, and it's arguably a little homophobic because there's all this bit about homosexuality. There's an implication that that uh, Perkins' character is queer, mm-hmm. which is why he can't be with women. So now he hates women, and he's like this shrewish, hateful, decadent, deviant. Queen. Right, right. But what we never really talk about is that she has two patrons. There's Perkins' character that I just forgot his name. Uh, Anthony Perkins. Sean. Sean McVoy. Sean. Sean McAvoy. Right. You have Sean, but then you have Christian, who's this rich Roman guy. Right. Who then sponsors her and does everything. John Pierre Aumont is is the actor who plays him. Who's very smooth. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually wanted him and Billy D. Williams to be in some scenes together and have a smooth off. Well, I wish he was there for most of the film. He he doesn't really come in until the end of the film. I know, but he's very smooth. But he sponsors her. He provides everything for her. Uh, When it comes down to them having, you know, sleeping together... He basically says, you don't want to sleep with me, so I'm not going to, you know, push it, but I'll still sponsor you. And then she gives it all up to go back and help Brian. And it doesn't make that much sense. It makes no sense. That she gives it all up and goes back. And, and you know, it's very hateful and it's very mean. And she says to Brian, I'm a success. And you don't like the fact that I'm a success. But I'm a winner. Mm-hmm. And you're a loser. And I was sitting and I was taking notes. And I was like, wow, she's not being very nice right now. But she's not wrong. True. True. And she's not actually wrong. And she's giving and it back. She, she's giving it back to him because he was it, very dismissive exactly. of her career. He was very dismissive. And when you Exactly. Think, and my problem is that never in the film is that addressed. Never is it, he ne- not at all a, 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 apologetic for no. what he has done to her. Not only is he not apologetic, but when he comes to Rome, I forgot that he came to Rome to ask for help. Yes. With his political career. Right, right. Yeah, there's almost a Tyler Perryan level of letting this male character off the hook mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, and it and and it does it 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 kind of it it really undermines the romance. It does to put it to put it you know plainly because, and I can see and I can see as someone who, um, despite the altar that people put it on. As you know, that some that people put Claudine on me being someone who looks at that film and actually am troubled by some of the messages of that film, but I also recognize that it was 
in the time that it was made and this was the right. reality of those times, right? I recognize that the reality of the times in the when, in which this movie is made is that a, a a woman, whether or not she's a white woman, a black woman, or whatever, no matter what level of success she achieves independently, it is always not going to be considered, you know, enough unless that is um, coupled with having a successful career, uh, a, a su- successful relationship with a man. And sure. in the many ways that relationship with that man means that you've got to be to some level subservient to whatever his wishes or his dreams are. And that seems to be a very big message in a lot of films of of this time. But for this movie to have made a concerted effort for her Tracy's uh to you know um stand up for herself leave him to take the chance to 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 uh follow her dream and right. for her to achieve her dream and for him to then come to her while she is living her dream for it for this movie to make such a concerted effort for for it to do that for her to now only find happiness when after giving all of that up just sounded like it 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 doesn't even sound true to the character that you're creating in this film and to how me, about that th- that's that is doing and it doesn't it, not only does it not does it do the character a disservice but it also does the actress a disservice because that is 100% what Diana Ross is all about, right? So that right. that is what Diana Ross has all has always, you know, espoused in ev- in any interview that you see with her, you know? Is it's why that Diana Ross has unapologetically, you know, moved from a few a few relationships because y'all ain't going to stop this show. You know what I mean? I'm going to do me. And you know, and I'm right. and I'm going to keep getting it right till I get the man that understands how this is going to have how it's going to have to be. And eventually she 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 did get it right. And that's the message that she imbued into all of her children. And for and for it to for you to see it being built up in this movie and then thrown away and especially thrown away in what is uh uh, uh comes down to maybe the last 20 minutes of the film. It's like, it's just criminal, man. It's like really pissed me off. Well, you know, again, I I think, I think this is such a straight shot into the psyche of where Barry Gordy is at this moment. You you know, uh, you know, not to, not to, not to prop us up, but frankly, I don't think enough criticism of this film over the years has focused on Barry Gordy. Yes. This is all yes. Barry Gordy. And you called it. This, like everything you just said about Diana Ross and, and her value system, this is the moment where it becomes apparent that this is who she is. Again, right. this is not some 17-year-old girl from the ghetto. Oh, that is, um, Lynn, you still there? Uh, Lynn, I lost geez, you. Ladies and gentlemen. 
Is it just me talking? Can other people hear me? Am I in heaven? Hey, then, we're back. I'm is back. Is me by myself? <laughs> <laughs> Dropped out for the for a minute there, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Say, could, you, could you hear me? All right. All right. <laughs> I didn't know what had happened. This is what happens when you do it live, ladies I and thought gentlemen. It was, I thought it was the rapture. <laughs> then I had to figure out, did Lynn get raptured or did I get raptured? Then I had to kind of go. I was like, oh, shit. Who's like who would get raptured between the two of us? Uh, I'm like it, looking out the window. Like, hey, make sure. <laughs> I, you know anyway. what? You know what? To be fair, I think we both would be leftovers, Vince. I think we both would be leftovers. I was about to say we're just doing the show and didn't notice that no everybody's gone. <laughs> I think you called it that this is a Hail Mary. Like, this is. Jesus Oh, Lord, Christ, Lynn's gone again. again. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let me make sure. What the fuck happened? All right. Was, what everybody, get, Lynn's gone again. Well, let's just sit here now. <laughs> sit now talking. <laughs> I am so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. There's trouble is happening with the, with the internet where I'm at right now. And um, this is what happens okay. when you do it. He do it live. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm back. Okay. All right. I'm back. All right. Uh, Deborah Battle. Uh, I'm going to let you finish your thought, Vince. But Deborah Battle wrote us said, talking about the movie. It makes no sense for her to go back to Brian. He never supports her. Uh, this movie says a, a woman is nothing without a man. See, that's what I'm saying, Deborah. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Continue Absolutely. your thought. But again. This is Barry Gordy's Hail Mary. It's 1975. Um, For the record, she leaves Motown in five years. And then she Mm. goes on to this wonderful second wave of success with Nile Rodgers. But, you know, back to Billy D. Williams, I think part of the reason, frankly, this film doesn't get called out as much as it should Mm-hmm. And that when, you know, people list kind of these great black love stories, like Mahogany is always cited because it's Billy D. Williams doing it. Yeah. Like somehow this nonsense doesn't seem as crazy or or insulting because it's Billy D. Williams and them turtlenecks. <laughs> but it is it's it 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 really is. And, and you're right. It's it it's it's a disservice to the character. It quite honestly doesn't make much sense within the context of the film mm-hmm. because you know yeah. she's she's shown uh she, look so and and that does it it as a film it makes it leave a bad taste as a cultural document i think once again this captures this moment in motown history frankly where he said yeah, please it, baby don't leave me like everybody else has left me yeah, uh, y- you're right. You're right for that culture. You know what it it means for Motown and the brand. Um, this is like really, you you don't want to want to say it's the beginning of the end, but it is. It's definitely um, it's one of the nails in the coffin for the Motown that was. 
uh, it would no longer. I, I mean, you know, Marvin Gaye's on his way out. Yeah, Marvin Gaye's and on once his he way and once out, he leaves, uh, like a, you know, Diana Ross is gone by 1980. Uh, we talked about Norman Whitfield. I'm pretty sure Norman Whitfield leaves Motown. I think like 76. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like at that, you know, by 75, Norman Whitfield is the big Joker. Yeah. In Motown's hand, and he's on his way out. Yeah. So, I, I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's hyperbole to say this is the beginning of the end. Because after this, it really is just and now now you know now I'm just in my music bag. I, I mean, you have, you know, Rick James and Tina Marie. Yeah. DeBarge. Uh, you know, Switch you know, Switch has a couple of albums. Yeah. I think Switch was on Motown. Switch had to be on Motown. I don't, I don't or or one of the sub or one of the subsidiaries because Jermaine Jackson discovered them. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> well, regardless, there's not much left in the tank. Right. There's not much left in the tank. And and I think, you know, in seventy five you could certainly say this is the beginning of the end if you don't say the end hasn't started already. Right. So Right. And you 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 touched on it. You just really like kind of like just uh, uh, tickled at it a little bit. This is the the beginning of the, I guess I guess we're being honest, kind of like the third act of Diana Ross's career because she does get with Nile Rodgers, and she has she has probably a nice little good four to five year run where she is. Oh yeah. Banging out hits, oh, yeah. she is like number one oh, on the charts. Yeah. Um, she's on everybody's lips. Um, she is a certified superstar, and that, and we're talking about a black woman singer in her early and mid thirties, and she is she's killing it, man. You know, you know, uh, along those lines, something else I will say about mahogany. I think just this unadulterated depiction of this kind of unambiguously black woman as the pinnacle of beauty is worth That's noting. True. Like, like that is very like, true. Like that, that the, the the mahogany sequence when she becomes mahogany, mm-hmm. and they just and 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 Sean is photographing her, which has become iconic. Like we just referenced it in dream girls mm-hmm. i, I think mm-hmm. in and of itself that is radical I, i'll never forget uh years and years ago i i, I think it, it must have been, I'm, I'm thinking it's the first time that oprah winfrey met diana ross mm-hmm. and diana ross was on the oprah winfrey show and oprah broke down like oh, really? oprah actually had yeah, oprah winfrey actually broke down and was amazingly emotional and she talked about how much it meant yeah. to see this black woman like this yeah. so yeah, yeah absolutely and and as far as her music like you were saying the the nile rogers era look look that stuff like like love hangover and 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 you know like what what are my albums is it like like Diana's one of them, right? The one with her in the right, t-shirt. Like, yeah, the right, jeans. right, right. The ball, right. The boss and Diana. 
mm-hmm. 1979's The Boss and 1980's Diana. And like you said, that's the one she has on the, the, the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that better than all the Supreme stuff. Yeah, she was killing so, it, man. She was, she was definitely... No, she was... Yeah, definitely. She was our queen. She was our... She... She, without the the internet to back you up, you know, everybody rides for Queen B, Beyonce. She was our Beyonce. She was the person who stepped out yeah. from a girl group and exploded. Um, that was Diana Ross. She set, she set that template. Um, and yeah. I don't. She's on my bucket list. Uh, uh, somebody you want to meet? No, somebody I want to see. I've never seen her. Oh, you've never seen her. Perf- you know what? I don't think I've ever. You know, I, I've never seen. Yeah, her I've perform. never seen her perform. Yeah, I, I you know, yeah, yeah. I, and and unfortunately, I think she yeah, may like I, be at an age where we may not see her perform now. I know, yeah. I know, I know. I have a list of people that I would open up the coffers to go see, mm-hmm. and she's on that list. The, the you know the bad thing is um one 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 of those people just died which is I'm I'm not Benny King why am I looking right at lean on me why am I looking at right at grandma's hands why oh am I looking uh, right at you know oh Bill Withers Bill Withers Bill Withers is on my list and, and he died yeah so oh oh man I've I saw Bill Withers yeah. um Bill Withers is yeah yeah that's yeah phew. wow Wow. All right. So Vince, would you So so yes, I would I I would. Look, you have to watch Mahogany. You have to. You have to watch Mahogany. I don't know. You have to. <laughs> I don't know. You absolutely do know. Do you that's have to true, watch man. Mahogany or do you have to watch the clip of her you becoming a- Mahogany on YouTube? No. No. No, you have to watch that whole film again. This vein, this moment is a complete snapshot. Okay. If you say You got to watch Mahogany. Yeah. You have to. Not even enough for debate. I'm not I'm not going to quibble with that. I'm not going to quibble with that, especially as someone who does not have a lot of time for Dinah Ross in the Wiz, um, so I, 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 I will I will give it up that if you're going to watch a Dinah Ross movie, what, you know, which to everything that we've been saying, um, Barry Gordy told Dinah Ross, "You're too old to be in the Wiz. You can't be in the Wiz." And Dinah Ross looked Barry Gordy dead in the face and said, I'm, "I can do whatever I want." And went over his head to the producers. That's true. That's true. Um, so, even, she even was that. too old for the Wiz. But she's not too old for but look. Mahogany. Go watch Mahogany, ladies and gentlemen. Go watch it. Go see it. Go, go, go. Yeah, sure. Go watch it. Go watch it. Um, I can't believe that it's not streaming. That's that's my thing. You know, th- my thoughts about the film notwithstanding. Isn't that insane? I can't believe that this film is actually not streaming. It's not streaming on Amazon. It's not streaming on Netflix. It's not streaming on Brown Sugar. It's not streaming Isn't anywhere. that so insane? Available for free on YouTube. It's insane. You know right? what I say, though? 
you know what I say? Like all of no, everything about the quality of these Motown films and and this that and the other and we can Barry Gordy talking about the racism that was directed his way mm-hmm. because he had the audacity to get out of his lane and make movies. Right. He ain't all the way crazy. That's true. He ain't all the way crazy. And it's things like that. The fact that you can't readily assess, access a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it is insane that Mahogany isn't streaming. I know. I know. So. So so you so it's available for you to watch, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, check it out. It's, it's all up there on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Check it out. All right, before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, we invite you to like and follow us on all our social medias, at Michelle Mission. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, as well as on Facebook. Join the Michelle Mission Facebook group where we have a lot of uh, fun, including with all of our fans that are sitting here watching us on YouTube and on uh, on uh, Facebook. Jo- uh, subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube, youtube.com slash Michelle mission um if you like what's happening on our social medias then give some props to our girl toya haynes who is our social media director and uh show your love her way by checking out her podcast the first time i heard where she sits down with um people from the uh, the music and entertainment industry to talk about the first time they heard select artists i believe she had a new episode go up this week called about yeah. the first time that she heard jodeci mm. Mm. i remember the first time i heard jodeci and i was like Ooh, yeah Exactly what I said, Vince. <laughs> it's like you was there, bro. Um, so check that out. Any place you find podcasts, the first time I heard with Toya Haynes, show her some love and tell her tell her that a missionary, uh, you were a missionary and you were told to check her out. All right, that's right. The Michelle Mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate curated podcast just for your listening pleasure. Go to the Podglomerate dot com to check out all of the podcasts that are on that beautiful network including the feast which is really a a crazy type of uh podcast and uh green eggs and dan uh, another a nutty podcast brought to you by the folks at the podglomerate the black the the me show mission is also available as a radio show every saturday at 1 p.m on wppm 106.5 fm philly cam people power media here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection and you can check us out every monday morning wake up with the me show mission at 9 a.m on 91.7 FM WKDU, the voice of Drexel University. All right? All right. Um, And our show is available whenever you find podcasts, MichelleMission.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, all those other places. Give us a five-star rating and review because that helps people find our little show. So we really appreciate that, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Vince. Next week on the Michelle Mission, I am calling an audible. I'm calling an audible, Vince. I had a film that I was ready to do, but I remembered me and you kind of waffling on the idea of whether or not we were um, had enough historical and cultural perspectives to speak 
on um, some of the more popular or more famed foreign films that some okay. might consider black films. So right, right. with that in Would that be El Lethal, Lethal Weapon 2? El Lethal Weapon 2? <laughs> such as... Is that what you're talking about? Such as El Lethal Weapon 2. And this other film that, uh, if you don't mind, Vince, I'm not going to ask you to fully review, but I'm going to ask you to watch just so that we can talk about it a little bit next week, okay? Uh, this, okay. So this is not my, my film for review. I'm going to tell you that in a minute. But I'm going okay. to ask you, because it's available until July 18th on Turner Classic Movies, uh, I believe, on their, in their on-demand feature. From 1959, uh, the romant- romantic tragedy Black Orpheus is up oh. there. Oh, uh, come on, dog. I don't got to watch that on TCM. I got the Criterion Collection um, edition of it. I love Black Orpheus. Uh, of course you do, Vince. How silly of yeah, me. Yeah, Black Orpheus is amazing. Yeah, I have actually never seen the film. So, um, Damn, I wish you would have told me. It's how to let you hold my joint. It's fine. It's fine. It's on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. I want to watch it yeah, on I Turner Classic that. Movies. So I, so I don't know. We've talked about it. This is definitely a foreign film, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um, Black Orpheus. But it uh, it's... Set in Brazil, made in in Brazil, um, uh, definitely features some Afro Latino uh, actors and 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 people behind the scenes. Um, it's from 1959. It's a famed film. It's a film that I I I bring it up now because I think that people should watch it, should be introduced to it, and I think that let, we should let be able to let talk me just say this because I'm sorry not to cut you off because this is the type of thing that people get real. They're not Latino. I'm sorry. Because they right, they speak Portuguese. Yeah, geez. you don't want to get the Brazilians I'm mad sorry. at us. I'm sorry. All right, all right. I'm yeah. sorry. See? Go ahead. See? Go ahead. Please forgive Go my ahead. ignorance in, in that. Right. We Americans. Yeah. See, this is why we can't actually This is why we can't it. review the film. <laughs> this is exactly why we can't review it. Exactly. Exactly why. But we're gonna watch it and we're gonna show right, some appreciations right. for it. That's, that's, right? that's right. Brazilians are not Latinos. That's not what we're saying. Exactly. So we're gonna right. watch Black Orpheus and we're gonna talk about it a little bit next week. But the film okay. that we're going to review, Vince, is from nineteen ninety two. And remember when okay. you said that you were doing kind of like a black music month um bonus? And yes. I said, Oh my god, I had actually selected a black music kind of like month bonus episode so okay let's consider this bonus part de uh let's keep the party going <laughs> keep the party going from 1992 uh i we are going to be watching the uh film based on a 1987 musical of the same name directed oh. by dal rude uh, written written by Mogoni uh, Gima, and for, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing the, the name, uh, and William Nicholson, and stars Miriam Makiba, John Connie, uh, oh, Leti okay. Kumala, and Whoopi Goldberg. We yeah, will yeah, be yeah. watching Serafina next week Sarafina. here on the Michaud Mission. All right. I've, I've, another film I've never seen. I don't know if I've ever seen Serafina, and I'm I'm interested. I guess we'll talk about it because wouldn't this be an African film? Isn't this a South African film? I don't know. 
I don't know. All right. Okay. We shall right. see. Right. I shall right. see. We're going to we're going to be channeling uh, through the international waters next week. I was about to say, oh, the Michelle Mission International up in here. <laughs> so we hope that you can uh, join us, ladies and gentlemen, next week as we talk about Black Orpheus and we review Serafina. All right. All right. Until then, he's Vince. I'm Len, and in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.